if we got something for you this week. Ah, I've been looking forward to this. Who is we? We, we, um, Cricket and Tom, you've reached the Shays Lounge. There you go. <laughs> I remember to well, we remember to do it earlier this week than we normally do. I remember every time, but you always do the opening and I always wait to see how long you're gonna go before you actually say it. So welcome to the Shays Lounge. You've reached Cricket and Tom. <laughs> Thank you for joining us again this week. So the reason I, you want to tell them why we've been looking forward to this one so much? <coughs> well, we've mentioned it before, how we were going to pick out a horrible movie to watch. Once a month. And then talk about it. Yeah. And this is our time to talk about it. Yes, this is our time to talk about it. And we've decided... That for our very first movie that we're going to review, um, we are going to review Velocipastor, which was 2018's gift to us. Phenomenal. I mean, I'm surprised these guys didn't get Oscars just... Just with the name. I'm surprised they didn't beg them to come to the Oscars just so they could just give it all of them to them for like screenwriting, music. Blocking. Choreography. I mean, acting. It's just... Oh, top freaking notch movie. I mean, this I thing had, probably sold out theaters left and right when it came out. I had so freaking much fun watching this movie because it was so goddamn bad. Oh, and they had to to win something on the opening visual effects. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so let's get into this. So what I want to do is I want to give you the synopsis of what, okay, so I'm reading this directly from, hang on a second, let me get this. Okay, I'm reading this directly from the description of The Velocipastor, that you can find this on Amazon Prime. Yes. You can watch it for free on Amazon Prime. The Velocipastor, this says it's from 2019, IMDb says it's from 2018. Honestly, I think it transcends the year, it's that good. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the, the description says, After losing his parents, a priest travels to China, where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first horrified by his new power, a prostitute convinces him to use it to fight crime. And ninjas. ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> and the tags on this thing are science fiction, suspense, frightening, and serious. serious. <laughs> <laughs> so you know this movie is serious because that's one of the tags. <laughs> so how much are we going to love this movie? Oh, and the content advisory. Violence, substance abuse, alcohol use, smoking. Foul language and sexual content. <laughs> and honestly, I think the only foul language that I heard in there was I think they said GD a couple of times, and that was about it. So we're yeah. talking like a like a real soft PG thirteen rating in this thing, real soft because the 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 gore in it is super cartoonish. Um, but anyway, we we can go into that. So what I what I want to do, what I, I, credit I, I, to director Brendan Steer. He is the director the editor and writer. the, writer. the writer yes so he he did everything and I, I think i remember reading um on one of the trivia pages that this thing cost between forty five thousand dollars and fifty five thousand dollars to make total 
I think they added a couple extra zeros. They may have. This is a little bit more like 40 or 50 bucks. So, Maybe four to 500. You want to give this a rating? Have we come up with a rating system? We need to come up with a rating system for these things. That's the one thing we didn't do before we started the podcast. That's so we may true. have to do this as we go. Right. But how I want to rate this, I want to rate this as I want to give it an overall rating. I want to rate the acting. I want to rate the screenwriting. I want are, to rate, are we rating it like one to five where five is like horrible? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> and a one is like. This is not a B movie. This is actually pretty good. So, something along those lines. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll come up. Out. Yeah, and and that's that's something I want you guys to reach out to us as you're as you're listening to this because as we're getting into this whole reviewing bad movies things, all of you listeners out there, tweet me, text me, whatever. Tell me how you want me to rate this, th- how you want us to rate these things, and we'll start doing it that way. Um, but I'll, you got to go watch the movie first. Yes, you have to watch the movie first. Holy crap! Everybody needs to watch this movie. My God. Okay, so there are three main characters in this movie. You've got Greg Cohan is uh, is Doug Jones. He's the Velocipastor. Right. Uh, you've got Alyssa Kupnicki. She is Carol. And Daniel, Daniel Steer is Father Stewart. Those Father are Stewart. our three main characters. Everybody Doug, else is... Doug Stewart and Carol. Yes. Um, hey, you don't think... The Mermaid Man was a we'll we'll main talk character. we'll talk about the Mermaid Man. He wasn't in the he wasn't in the movie long enough to be a main character. He had two major plot points. Okay, he really didn't have two major plot points. So what I want to do is I have taken copious notes on this thing. So we're just gonna hit this hit the ground running on this bad boy. I'm gonna start describing scenes in this movie and we're gonna comment on them as we go through it. So just remember, this is about. A pastor who inherits the ability to change into a dinosaur to fight ninjas and evil. All right. We open on a priest giving a sermon. Yes. We don't know who this priest is. He's just up there in the pulpit. Now, one of the weird visual things in this in this opening scene is he's up there in the pulpit. Well, there's the cross up on the wall next to him. But overlaid over the cross are these two white slashes that make an X over the cross. And I don't know where I don't know why they did that. I don't either. At the beginning of the movie, before anything opens up or anything starts, it says rated X by Christian viewers. Right. So I don't know what that means either. It it, it has no like it doesn't connect to the movie at all. It doesn't. It was so we don't know what that's from. So we got this pastor. Um <clears throat> He is giving a sermon on Job, and he says, This is the greatest point we can learn from this book, Job. Though we all suffer, only the righteous persevere. And then he leaves the church, and you see him, like, as he goes out the door of this church, he sees this this couple across the street, and they're standing next to a car. And... They're what probably in their fifties. Yeah, they're not that much older than he is. The Velocipastor is probably in his thirties. Sorry. Um. Or the the pastor's probably in his 30s. Uh, But anyway, he leaves the church. He sees these two older people across the street next to a car. He waves at them like a fucking five-year-old. Like, hey! Yeah, he like, the little crazy kid (laughs) waving at somebody like a a superhero that he's finally seeing for the first time. He doesn't wave like a normal person. He waves like he's a damn five-year-old. Like, I cannot describe that any better than that. Think about it. An amped up version of how, remember when Forrest Gump? 
Yeah. Very, yeah, he waves like Forrest Gump. But an amped up version But like of that. faster than that. Yes. Yeah, so he does. And then he starts screaming, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad. And they just look over at him and they're they're so happy to see him and, and, and they wave back. And then it got, you know, the, the camera goes back to the pastor and you hear an explosion in the background. Spoiler alert. Hear an explosion. Yeah, there's spoilers all through this movie. Or through this podcast. Um, so you hear the explosion and the priest gets thrown back against the steps and then the camera goes back across the street and what do we see? You see an empty street with the letters across the screen that says VFX for visual effects colon car explosion. <laughs> car on fire. <laughs> car on fire. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's nothing there. It's clear that they wanted to have a car on fire in this movie, but their budget was just, it just, just it wasn't in the budget. So they just put it across the screen. VFX car on fire. <laughs> and the camera goes back to, to Doug a couple of times, and he's like, no! <laughs> the, you'll have to say, we're not going to go through this each time, but the screaming and the <laughs> laughter scenes, way oh too long. Oh my God, way. And I'm not talking like a couple of beats too long. I'm talking like you're uncomfortable by the end of it because it has gone on so long. So he's just screaming no. And then there's like this weird pan with the camera because, you know, like the camera, you expect it to kind of go off into the distance and then it just kind of fades out. No, it does this weird pan where it goes up and then to the side and then sort of back down again. And it's almost like it's following a bird that's flying. It, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a weird pan with the camera and then it fades out. And we've got the next screen. So the next scene is Doug is sitting with Father Stewart at the front of the church. Right. In front of the altar. In front of the altar. They're on the front pew. Uh, they're in front of the altar. Doug is sad because his parents are dead. He's questioning God, why he would let it do it. He's questioning his faith. Yeah. And uh, Father Stewart has some, has some advice for him. He says, you know, Doug, that's what parents do, Doug. They die on you. <laughs> They're in a better place. And then he gives him some more sacrament wine. Yeah. <laughs> and he's here, just sitting wine. there drinking some more wine. <laughs> then there's, then there's, a, then they, the, the camera kind of pulls back a little bit from these two men sitting on the front row. And then to the side of the screens, you see a, a great big giant disembodied head of Doug and a great big giant disembodied head of Father Stewart that are on either side of, of these two men that are still in the middle of the screen. It's a weird choice. Right. It's a real weird choice. But it's obvious that they're in a confessional booth. or it, 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 They're trying to make it obvious it that they're like in a confessional God. booth. Yes. Um, so Doug is trying to figure out what he's supposed to be doing now. And we don't know. I don't know what to do. And my parents are dead. Father Stewart tells him, Go to where God will not follow, and if you find him there, then you knew he was with you. You knew he was always with you. <laughs> and then you get Hollow Tree Films presents the Velocipaster, and then the first of many montages from this movie. The first montage that we have of this over the credits is him driving his car. We don't know where he's driving, but he's driving this little Chevelle. <laughs> it's, <laughs> once again, horrifyingly terrible graphics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just the most awful graphics. <laughs> but he's driving this car, and he's driving, and he's having a good time, and, you know, <laughs> doing his thing. And then um, 
there are lots of close-ups of Doug's face. Like, like the camera pushes in like a whole bunch of times on his face while he's driving. It's, it's very, you get, you get seasick watching it. Okay. Now we're in the, we're in the, the main act of the movie here. Doug is in the woods. We don't know where he is. We just know he's in the woods. These are all hardwoods. It's very clearly American soil. <laughs> but he's pushing his way through the underbush. And all of a sudden, in big letters across the screen, it says China. China. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fucking bamboo in sight, but this is China. <laughs> And then Doug stops what he's doing, pushing through the underbrush and looks around and kind of chuckles to himself and goes, huh, China. <laughs> and then just keeps pushing through the underbrush. <laughs> and then, okay. <clears throat> and then uh, the, next scene, the next scene we see a woman in white is running through the woods and she gets shot by an arrow. he goes. Not yet. Not, not yet. Oh. Not yet. He, this woman in white is, is running through the woods. Scared. Scared. And she gets shot by an arrow. Right through the chest. Right through the chest. Right, she, she gets shot from back to front, right through the chest, right through the heart. Well, the next, the next shot we see Doug, and he's looking at something in his hand, and he's holding it up like it's a watch or a compass, like you can't tell what it is. And he looks, and he kind of moves a little bit, and he goes, huh, China is the <laughs> East. <laughs> And at that moment, this woman in white just falls at his feet, and he grabs her. Now, she's holding something in her hand. We can't tell what it is. It looks like a, like a big giant tooth or maybe a, maybe, a, a maybe a claw or something. But you got to realize, this woman's got an arrow poking out of her chest, and the first thing he says to her is, are you hurt? <laughs> so he gathers her up. She hands him this thing, and in, in I'm assuming what is Chinese, because we can't understand her, and we don't know where this woman is from. Um, in Chinese, she says, you need to destroy this. And he says, I'm sorry, I don't understand. And then in English, she says, dragon warrior, and then she, dry, and then she dies. And so he's got this tooth or this claw or whatever it is. He's holding on to it. And then there's a ninja that comes out of nowhere in the woods and starts coming toward him. Um... Let's see. He stare. Let's see. A ninja appears. Doug has this tooth in his hand or this claw in his hand. He manages to cut himself while he's looking at this ninja. Starts no, because he takes off running, and he goes to move bushes out of the way. And yeah, he and it cuts himself with the claw or on the bush or something. Anyway, he's got a wound across his palm, or across where he his was left palm. The relic. Yeah, where he was holding this thing. And he falls down, and he wakes up, and he's in his own bed. So we went from the forest to his own bed. And you see Father Stewart in there, and he says, oh, you're having the dream again. And he's like, yeah, I'm having the dream again. And Doug says, I'm hungry. And uh, Father Stewart says, good, we need to feed a, feed a fever and starve a cold. I'm sure you'll forget all about China soon. And what was really funny, <laughs> in this scene where he says, I'm hungry, and Father Stewart is talking to him. He's, like, got sweat just dripping down his face. I mean, his face is all wet. And his shirt's wet. And everything you can tell, he's, like, sweating out this fever, right? In the very next shot, he is completely bone dry. <laughs> it's just, it's all gone. <laughs> I don't know how much time 
pass between the first the first shot and the second shot, but it was enough time that all of the moisture evaporated up off a of dug. <clears throat> so anyway, <coughs> um, he staggers outside. He's wearing a wife beater. He's wearing jeans. Um, he's like falling against the walls. He's holding his hand, you know, because he, he's like freaking out. He says, I'm hungry. And, and, uh, he, he falls up against some trash cans and he falls across a bomb and the bomb asks him for a dollar. And he says, I can't, I've taken a bomb. Yeah. What did I say? You you said a bomb. No, bum, B-U-M, bum, like, like a, like a street, like, like a hobo. Um, so this hobo asked him for a dollar. He says, I can't. I took a vow of poverty. I have no material possessions. And he pushes past this woman who's been walking this way, and he just kind of goes off into the distance. Well, then we focus on this woman who's walking up. She's wearing a leopard print coat, carrying a, uh, like a lollipop, like a sucker. And she gives the, she gives the hobo a dollar out of her purse. He says, thank you. She goes on. <clears throat> now... She walks up to this guy wearing a red fedora, aviator sunglasses. Yep. Um, he's kind of flashy looking, and he's standing next to this brick wall with this other guy. He's very obviously a pimp. Very obviously a pimp. So she walks up to him, and this is exactly what she says. I'm lit up and hot and bright and hot to trot. Where do you want me tonight, daddy-o? Well, the first thing he does is he says, Carol, hello, and then he slaps the shit out of her. <laughs> For no reason, just just randomly, just like backhands the shit out of her, and he makes this slapping noise up against the wall. <laughs> so he slaps. That's the- the how they got the sound effects of him slapping her. Is that he smacked his hand up against a brick wall? <laughs> it, was, <clears throat> it was great. <laughs> he said. He said, God damn, and I'm quoting this now. God damn it, Carol, how many times do I have to tell you not to question what do I what I do? Now what's my name? And she says, Frankie Mermaid. And he says, And why is my name Frankie Mermaid? And he she mumbles something around her sucker and he's like, Speak up, Carol, or I'm gonna give you the fucking boot. And she goes, You're called Frankie Mermaid because you're swimming in bitches. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're always swimming in bitches. He's <laughs> like, you got and he tells her she needs to go to the park. And so she toddles off as she's going to the park. Well, as she's leaving, he sees somebody across the street <clears throat> off camera. And he goes, hey, Jerry, if you stuff dicks in your mouth the way you do that sandwich, I'd be a fucking millionaire by now. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the best lines in the movie come from Frankie Mermaid. It's so, it's, it's oh my God, it's great. Um... <laughs> So for some reason, now it's night all of a sudden, and Doug is staggering through the same forest that he was in earlier that was in China, apparently, but now is not in China. We don't know where he is, Ohio or something. But it's night now. He's stumbling through the forest. Something's happening to him. His eyes are changing to green cat eyes with vertical pupils. We see Carol walking through the park, smoking a cigarette. Somebody comes up behind her to rob her. He's like, now, I'm going to quote to you exactly what he says. Because it cracks me up every time I hear it. He says, your money or your life? And Carol says, I don't have no money. And she, and then the, the robber says, then take me to who does? Carol says, he'll kill you. And the robber says, that makes two of us. So either she got her line, I think she got her line wrong. Or he got his wrong. One of the two. 
But I she, think, I think she was supposed to say, say he'll kill me. Yeah, but he'll kill me. Yeah. And then he says, well, that'll make two of us. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't think anybody caught that when they were doing, like, the watch through. Because <laughs> it makes no freaking sense. Well, the final editing didn't, didn't catch it. <laughs> so then at that point, something grabs him and yanks him off screen. It throws Carol back. Um, we get some panicked shots of what looks like like a a paper mache T Rex head chewing on this guy. <laughs> does that is that it, pretty it accurate? It looks like a really horrible, cheaply made Halloween costume thing of a T Rex. It, it, uh, it's so awful. It's the worst thing. And you see it chewing on a on a leg and then chewing on a... And he stands up and he's like firing his gun at it. And he's got blood all over the place. And Carol is looking on in horror. And then we get the final shot of this T-Rex just chomping down on him. It knocks Carol back. She's on the ground. And as the camera focuses on her, we see an obvious mannequin head just roll past her because this this T-Rex has ripped the guy's head off and thrown it. And as this obvious mannequin head just rolls right past her and she's like, oh, you know, I'm saved. It's like really clean cut (laughs) mannequin head on the neck. It's it's horrible. (laughs) The T-Rex roars. Carol shrieks. And then Doug wakes up. But he's not in his own bed. We don't know where he's at. This is some room. It's yellow. Doesn't look like his priest, uh, you know, his priest room, because his priest room is all dark. There's a purse on the back door of this of this of this room that he's in, and he's under the covers. Okay, he's shirtless under the covers. Um, Carol, who is now dressed like a normal person, comes in and she's drinking coffee. They stare at each other suspiciously. Carol is clearly into whatever she's seeing here. She says, last night was amazing. And Doug is just horrified when he hears this. Just absolutely horrified. He checks under the covers. He is clearly naked under the covers. So, of course, you know where his mind has gone as to what's happened that night. He says, this can never happen again. She says, yeah, so it's just a one-time thing. He says, yes, honestly, it shouldn't have happened at all. And she goes, oh, that's for sure. He says, oh, was it bad? And she's like, well, it was weird. Well, obviously, they're talking about two different things here. She said, honestly, it happened so quickly. I was very scared. I think I peed myself. And then he says, was it your first time too? (laughs) And then they figure out that they're talking about two separate things. And she says, no. She said, it's when you turn into a dinosaur and ate people. And then we get this extreme close-up of Doug's eye for some reason. (laughs) Gamer just like pushes in on his eye. He's like, what? He says, I don't believe you because dinosaurs never existed. And even if they did, I didn't turn into one. (laughs) She says that she can show him the body. He asks if she's got something that he can wear since he's naked and doesn't have anything to wear at this point. So now we're back in the woods. Okay. Because Carol is going to show him this body to prove to to him to to prove it. He is wearing this little orange shorty dress of that, hers. that just barely covers his thunder. It is obvious that he does not know how to tuck because, you know, that's a learned skill. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe he should talk to a wrestler or a drag queen about how to um, tuck. tuck. 
because that little shorty dress is not hiding his thunder at all in the slightest um carol shows in the body he's horrified why did you cover it with leaves and this this is what he's this is what she said first of all i'm a hooker and i didn't want to get arrested and second of all you turned into a dinosaur and ate him the part that he clocks is that she's a hooker so he freaks out you're a hooker and then she says and pre-med law but people aren't as surprised by that one And so they go back and forth a little bit of him trying to convince her, trying to convince him what what's going on and, and him trying to convince her that this whole thing is insane and there's no way that it's real. And uh, Carol is, has decided she's going to try to get him to use his powers for good and to kill bad people. And she says, do you think I like turning tricks to pay for college? There's surprisingly little demand for Dr. Hooker lawyers. <laughs> Which is my second favorite line in the movie. My first favorite line in the movie is coming up. (laughs) But honestly, if we're going to score that line on a scale of one to five, that is a five for being the most amazing line. There is not, there's a surprisingly little demand for Dr. Hooker lawyers or Hooker Dr. Lawyers is what she said. Doug says he has to go confess. He runs off in his little shorty dress with his underwear showing then you see him running around the corner at full speed. He's got his priest outfit on. And let me tell you about these priest outfits. They very clearly got them at a Halloween store. Because the collars don't sit up like, they, like they're not stiff. The collars are not stiff. And they tie in the back up here at the neck. So you can tell it was just like somebody's pajamas that they put on. Because that was the only thing they could afford for the movie. It was very cute. Um... Father Stewart tells him he's late for confession. Now we're in the booth. Well, who do you think is on the other side of that booth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell him who it is. It's the mermaid guy. It's Frankie Mermaid is on the other side. He said he had he's smoking a cigarette in the confession booth. Um, <laughs> Doug tells him, you can't smoke in here. Frankie Mermaid says, Frankie Mermaid does what he wants because his life is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Doug asks him what he wants to confess. He throws out a few things like he murdered, he pimped people out. This is my first favorite line in the movie when he's confessing to all of this. One of his confessions is, and I'm quoting this, I stole candy from this baby and then I threw the baby in the river, you know, so it couldn't snitch. Obviously. (laughs) I mean, obviously. (laughs) Oh. Better turn that off. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Tom is doing something that we may have to talk about at the end of the at the end of the podcast. Well, at the if rate we have you're going time. through so much detail, we're never going to make it through this one. <laughs> well, a couple months ago, okay. So now we're to the point where he confesses to killing and pimping. He says that a couple months ago he blew up this old couple's car in front of the very church that they're in. Doug starts twitching. There's the sound of transformation. He says, "You murdered my parents." And he has turned to the T-Rex, but only just his hands. Just his hands, the little T-Rex hands. And he reaches through the, the thing and grabs Frankie Mermaid and slams him up against there. He says, who's the one that told him to be, uh, that, that told him to be, uh, ordered him to be killed? And he's like, I don't know. You might as well kill me now. And Doug says, okay. And then he kills him. <laughs> and uh, we're and back. he screams for 10 minutes. Oh, my God. He does. He screams for so, so long. 
<laughs> and they keep getting push-in scenes. Like, the camera keeps pushing in on this awful neck wound that Frankie Mermaid has. <laughs> you can tell it's done with, like, spirit gum. and <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's bad. So, um, Doug goes to Carol's... Um, he decides he can still be a priest, that they can do good, that he can kill bad people. So they need to come up with rules, like commandments that he can live by, but he could still be a priest and do this. He tells Carol that he killed his parents' murderer. He says it feels good. He tells her it was Frankie Mermaid, and she's like, you killed the Frankie Mermaid? And so they decide they're only going to hurt bad, bad people. Now, this is the second montage of the movie. <laughs> and it's... Doug is preaching. Doug and Carol is talking. Carol's getting ice cream. Doug is working out. We get lots of close-up of Doug working out. Lots of them. In fact, they've got this one, <laughs> this one position where he where he does this ab workout, where he like comes up into a seated position from laying back, but he's he's got the praying hands while he's doing it, so you can tell he's still a priest while he's doing his little workouts. Right. Um, <clears throat> you have um, Carol patching Doug up. Um, after he's been fighting people, he's a dinosaur. You get Carol teaching Doug about dinosaurs because remember he doesn't believe in dinosaurs, but she has to teach him about them. Um, Doug is giving Carol the sacraments, but it's very sexy. So we want to establish the fact that they're very sexy here. And then Doug and Carol are on a park bench and he does a little reach around to pull her close and they're so cute, so in love. And then there's another weird pan with the camera. Now we go to someplace else. Someplace off in the woods, there's a couple of tents set up. The subtitles read ominous Asian music. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making that up. It says ominous Eastern music. <laughs> there's ninjas. These are all obviously white guys that are dressed in spirit Halloween ninja outfits. An Asian man comes out of the tent speaking, speaking Chinese. Somehow all of the white people around him understand the Chinese that he's speaking. He wants to know why the money has stopped flowing. Um, let's see. He said when the Coke starts flowing, they'll have money flowing again. And the blonde guy that's with him, that's kind of like his little number two, starts laughing. And do you remember when uh, Dr. Evil did that laugh in uh, the first Austin Powers movie and it kind of trailed off really weird? Nobody knew what to do. Right. This is like the same type of deal, but way worse. Because it was way longer. It was way longer. The guy was laughing and was like, ha, 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 Like, like I'm not, I'm not amping that up at all. That's like how he was laughing. And he laughed for like two minutes straight. It was, I should have, I wish I had, had gotten the. It was almost painful. Oh, my, oh my God. It so long. Oh my God. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, then we see. Doug and Carol. Uh, Father Stewart sees Carol and Doug out of the vestments talking. It makes him mad. So he comes to confront Doug while Doug is reading. Well, Doug is in his room, and there's a book on his night table that's called Dinosaurs. And then he's reading a book called Crime. crime. <laughs> he's learning about crime. He's learning about crime and dinosaurs. Well, Father Stewart comes into the room. Now, this book that Doug has in his hands is a, is a, is a rather large book. It's a substantial book. It's a big, it's a thick book. It's a big book. Like We're not an, talking like, like a paperback. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's at least that size. Well, when Father Stewart comes in the room, Doug needs to hide the fact that he's reading this book. So he grabs this much smaller Bible and puts it on the outside of this very large book that he's holding. <laughs> As though the Bible is going to cover up the fact that he's reading about crime. And this 
Bible only covers about 50% of this encyclopedia book. <laughs> Father Stewart doesn't notice a thing. Doesn't even notice it. <laughs> and so... Father Stewart's worried about his absences. He's worried about that girl. Have you forgotten your vow of chastity? Da 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 da. So anyway, so the music swells. Uh, Father Stewart is drinking. Um. Well, okay. Uh, hang on. I, all right. That's where. That's he, okay. That's where he confesses to Father Stewart. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're doing good. I'll, I'll be quiet. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I, I keep wanting you to break in, but I, I don't want I try to. to. Every time I do, you cut me off. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't even know what I was going to say now. Go. Okay, so Father Stewart is talking to Doug. He doesn't understand all the absences. And Doug looks at him and goes, Father, I'm different. And then no, Father... he said, what would you do if I told you I was different? What would you do if I told you I was different? And Father Stewart said, well, you're not that different. There's a lot of men like you in the church. And he's like, no, no, no. Not like that. Really different. And then the next shot you see is Father Stewart drinking a bunch of sacrament wine because he can't believe what, what uh, Doug just told him. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so Father Stewart suggests an exorcism. Doug says he's on a mission from God himself. Father Stewart says that's insane. He said we need to get rid of Carol. <laughs> and Doug says, oh, she's not like that. She's a good person. And Father Stewart's like, oh, what does she do for work? And Doug has nothing that he can say. Um... Let's see. <laughs> so as Doug is going over his life after Father Stewart locks him in his room, he thinks back to his parents. What would my parents say? What would my parents say in this situation? <laughs> so what did the parents say? I don't even remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. His dad is talking to him, and he said, We're happy with your life decisions. We're so proud of you, Doug. You're our only son. They're in the car when he's saying this, okay? They're like his mom, his dad, and, and Doug are in the car. And he said, Becoming a priest is a big decision, Doug. Are you sure it's right for you? And Doug assures them that it is. And then his dad is like, Your mom and I will take a drive. We'll come pick you back up after priest college. <laughs> So they all hug, and it's all a big, happy family. Doug leaves the car. Um, all right, so at this point, Father Stewart has decided to skip the bureaucracy of the exorcism that he had suggested previously, because Doug is clearly possessed with something. So Father Stewart has decided that he's going to skip the bureaucracy and go... Take matters in their own hands. Take matters in their own hands. Altair walks in. They're, they're in this weird room. It's got altars everywhere. You know, like like witchy witchy stuff everywhere. It looks like there's going to be a seance in there. It's very dark. It's very purple. You know, just one of those rooms like you'd see in, in like a fortune teller. And this guy walks in. He's wearing an earring and way too much guy liner. What you doing? You can't hear? Oh, there. There it goes. Got it? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's wearing way too much guy liner. And the way that they've made this guy look cool is just to give him an earring and like a swooped hairstyle. Yeah. And he's got a beard. Slick back. Slick back, you know. Um, <clears throat> his name is Altair. He wants the entire story. Now, as Doug is telling Altair the story, we hear a voiceover from Father Stewart, and the camera goes in real close on Father Stewart. He says, I haven't had to come to Altair since the war. The war. <laughs> And then we're back in the same force that we were in before, but now I think it's supposed to be Vietnam. It's supposed to be Vietnam. 
So you've got a couple of guys who are wearing these really bad spirit Halloween army men outfits, and they're like pretending to stalk through the forest, you know? And then Father Stewart, who is wearing this terrible wig to try to make him look younger. It's the same, same exact actor, but it's supposed to be like 40 years prior to this, right? <coughs> He's wearing this terrible wig. He's with a buddy that kind of looks like Altair, but isn't. It's Ali. It's Ali. Um, so Stuart, uh, Father Stuart, they're 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 talking with each other about all these people that have died in the in the in the um, in the Viet Cong. Stuart shows a picture of Adeline to his buddy. And um, Adeline says, "Girl back home." So he asks him if he's got a girl back home. Right. And uh, he said, uh, "When the war's over, you could go back and you could start a family." And um, Ali is telling him, you could have five kids, 11 kids, and I want you to spend 15 minutes a day with each one of them, and I want you to name one of them after me, Ali, your wartime buddy. And when little Ali Stewart asks where he got his name from, you tell him it's from Ali, your wartime buddy, who made it through the whole war. And then you look him square in the face and you smile like I do. No, it made it through the whole war without taking a single hit. And did it all with a smile on his face. <laughs> and, he, and you look him square in the face and you smile like I do. And then he does this weird little smile. <laughs> and then he immediately gets shot in the face. <laughs> or shot, shot in the, the back. Or, yeah, shot in the chest. Yeah. And he falls to the ground and th Father Stewart is screaming, No! Well, Ali still has a cigarette, a lit cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> he's still smoking as he's laying down so dumb <laughs> and uh and the ali no ali ali you know and him screaming that I, his friend is dead you know that went on for way way too long i don't really know why the guy timed this movie this way um so the next scene you see Stu father stewart is writing a letter to ali's mom and dad and then suddenly they hear something and it's a woman's voice <laughs> and she says what, what does she call him? She doesn't call him Stuart. What is his first name? Uh, I don't even remember, but she was calling him. It was almost like a pet name almost, wasn't it? Yeah, like Honey or something yeah. like that. Anyway, so it's this woman. It's like, Adeline. It, it turns out it's Adeline. And she's in the Viet Cong for some weird reason. And somebody said, why is she here? And somebody else said, I don't know. Maybe she's trying to start a family. <laughs> so she comes running through the woods toward Father Stuart who's standing there with his arms wide open waiting for her to get there and literally two steps from him she explodes and this but you get this really 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 weird camera cut <laughs> angle to where you see father stewart standing there and she runs into the screen and then <laughs> she just like evaporates she does and then there's this big bucket of blood that hits stewart <laughs> In the face. And he's just standing there with his arms still out waiting for her to get to him so she he could hug her. And he just stands there like that for a, for a while. And the one guy on the right says, oh, it's a VC trip mine. And the other one says, I don't think there's anything we could do for her. She's too far, far gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> and she's literally like, there's no body or anything. She just literally exploded. <coughs> 
so we see Stewart in a bad wig walking back through town. He said, when I came back to the States, I tried my hand at the clergy again. Now we're back at the seance. Alistair, uh, Al, or Altair, Alistair has started the seance. Nothing is happening. They keep asking if Doug feels anything. He, they keep telling him that feeling hot and anxious is normal. Now he's feeling something. He said, I feel empty. No, that's not the right word. I feel hungry. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, Doug has like partially changed. His like hands are T-Rex hands now. And he breaks through his bonds. Yeah, you're good. And he breaks through his bonds. And (laughs) he, he like takes his little gloved T-Rex hand and kind of like aims it at Father Stewart. (laughs) And then off camera so you don't see it, he like plucks his eye out and then runs away. And, um, (laughs) and then Alistair is like, Alistair is like, now the hounds of hell are truly loose. What have I done? And he starts laughing for, again, way too long. So, we switch, we switch um, scenes on this one. We're back in the forest at night for some reason. There's ninjas. One of the ninjas, and I'm quoting this, says, Crikey, it's the dragon warrior. Because this ninja is Australian for some unfucking known reason. He's Australian. And so he's like going through the plan of how they're going to kill the dragon warrior. Well, the only other Asian person in this movie is also one of the ninjas. And he starts reflecting on his woman that he had back at home, who's this lovely Asian woman. Turns out she's the lovely Asian woman who got the arrow through the chest at the beginning scene. So the ninjas go to attack Doug. He changes into a velociraptor and eats them. And, and as we keep getting flashes of this Asian lady over over the scene. So the next scene that we see, Carol is coming back home. <coughs> Excuse me. Doug is there for some unknown reason hiding under newspapers. He's disheveled and bleeding. He's like, Father Stewart tried to exercise me. I just don't want to hurt people. And Carol's like, there's no monsters here. He says, I think I'm still bleeding. And she says, just kiss me. So they start kissing. The music starts. It's clearly a sex scene, but the blocking and lighting are like all weird. And we get the third montage of this movie. So we're at three montages. Doug is lit in really dark green for some reason. Carol is in red. So it looks like a Christmas story up on the, up on the TV. Um, they're slowly removing clothes. They're doing extremely tight close-ups of their of their bodies. He's reaching for her. She's reaching for him. But the shots are stacked on top of one another. So the, the hands are just kind of like randomly going toward each other on the screens. But they're not meeting each other in the middle because one's on top of the other. Um, now they're both in red. They're together. Their hands finally meet in the middle and go from red to green to lit properly. Now... Now we get a Brady Bunch-style grid on the screen that shows all of the previous scenes from the movie as the music plays. There's an overlay over that of Doug and Carol making out at the scene with the Asian man and the blonde guy sitting crisscross applesauce in the woods. And there's this weird frenetic shot of every single scene from the movie overlaid on top of each other as the music plays. It is the weirdest fucking thing I have ever seen in my entire life. And I am not doing it justice to describe this thing. It is the weirdest fucking scene I have ever seen. So we see the next morning. They do a slow pan 
over Carol's bed. They're snuggled up. Doug is in his tidy whities on top of the covers for some reason, and Carol is underneath the covers, covered up to her waist. All of a sudden, ninjas! So the ninjas come through the windows. They grab Doug, who easily fights three of them off. Carol is also suddenly fighting a ninja, and they're all using karate moves that up till this point, none of them have known. So I don't know where Carol learned karate. I don't know where... Doug learned karate. It's just like all of a sudden they know karate. Um, they knock out all of the ninjas and then they just like randomly kiss. And, uh, you know, Doug is still wearing his tidy whities and he has a very obvious heart on. <laughs> or like, like the beginnings of a little stiffy he's got going on. I was like, ooh, honey, no, you need to, you need to figure out how not to do that. Oh. Uh, one of the ninjas wakes up enough to tell him, you don't know who you're dealing with. He tells Doug to remember your faith, Father Jones, and then hands him a crucifix. And then that scene is over with. The next one we see, Father Stewart is on a cot in a tent. He has an eye patch on, but it's on top of his glasses, which is fucking hilarious. Because why would you put an eye patch on over the top of your glasses? Um, he sits up nervously. There's the Asian man from earlier, uh, the older Asian man. The Asian man is speaking Chinese to Father Stewart, who apparently understands it perfectly. Um, they're at the St. Artemis Academy, which is, this is the first that this has been mentioned, that this is some kind of academy. Um, <clears throat> the Asian man tells him that Doug is not there, but perhaps soon. Um, they're at the Artemis Academy with the Ninja's Templar. Is what they've got. So we've got like 15 different concepts all kind of muddled together into this big ball, and we come up with this movie. Um, they're doing the monologue scene where the bad guy tells you what's going on. So <laughs> the Asian guy tells Stuart, Father Stuart, that they're flooding the market with cocaine that is far more powerful and far more pure than the normal stuff and is four times more addictive. And <clears throat> Father Stewart wants to know what does drug smuggling have to do with Christianity? So the whole point of this is that they're going to flood the market, get everyone addicted, and then pull the supply to force everyone into Christian rehab, and then they become warriors for God. Father Stewart is horrified. He said, you cannot forcibly convert the unwilling. That's madness. That's inhuman. The Asian man stabs him with an arrow and kills him, but not before Stewart says that Doug will stop him. They're back at Carol. Now we're back at Carol's place. A voiceover from Doug says, it's a good thing that that ninja told us where the hideout was before he died. They're in completely different clothes. Doug has <laughs> a leather jacket on and Carol is in this black halter top cat suit for some God awful reason. Um, <laughs> they leave. The crucifix is still on the bed. Now Doug and Carol have figured out where this St. Artemis Academy are, and now they're, they're, they're there. So they are in the middle of this field with all these tents and all these ninjas around. Um, they're at the sacred place ready to fight. The blonde ninja from earlier comes out and says, still don't recognize me, do you, do you Doug? Doug? And then Doug is like, wait, wait. that voice. That voice. <laughs> so serious. <laughs> <laughs> like he's channeling old school William Shatner. Oh yeah, completely. Or Captain Kirk. Captain Wait. Kirk. That. That voice. That voice. <laughs> <laughs> and so the blonde ninja pulls his mask down, and goes, "Remember me now, brother." brother. 
Doug goes, Sam. And so we go back Impossible. to those. We go back to those scenes that we had before, where you see Doug and his parents in the car, and then Doug and his parents at the at the, the kitchen house. table yeah. at the house, and they're talking. And you're my only son. Well, then the camera pans. And you see that Sam is standing in the outskirts of the scene watching his parents tell Doug that he's their favorite and that he's their only son. So And he pops up in the back seat of the car behind <laughs> what, what I wanted to get that he he was in the front seat with his dad. Yeah, Doug was in the front seat with his dad. His mom was in the back seat. But the brother popped up in a seat behind them. Like, he was in, like, the hatchback part of the... I guess of so. The, yeah, he was in the hatch part of the hatchback. And he just, like, pops up and just, like, sits there and is, like, all angry. <laughs> yeah, because he's not included, I guess. <laughs> and uh, so, Sam squares up. He's ready to fight. Now, Sam reaches behind his head and pulls out a ninja sword. And he holds it up for a second. And then he just dramatically flings it to the ground. And he says, I will not stain the sword of my ancestors with your blood. And then he starts screaming, for God! And then like jumps at Doug and they start doing the little ninja fighting, right? Um, Carol takes off her jacket, starts attacking the ninjas. Doug is fighting his brother. The sword is still on the ground near him and Doug pointedly glances at the sword a couple of times while he's fighting his brother. Okay? Right. So then, he reaches his hand out, and the sword flies to him. Yeah, it's like he uses the force or some shit. <laughs> he holds it up, and he says, Your ancestors are my ancestors, and then he stabs the fuck out of his brother. <laughs> but you gotta say it like he does. He goes, but Your ancestors are my ancestors. <laughs> and then... <laughs> The, well, what's weird is that they're standing up, and when he, the way he reaches forward like he's going to stab his brother with this sword, it looks like he's going to stab him in the knee. But apparently, for some reason, the brother is on the ground, and he stabs him on the ground because he's very obviously, like, aims very far down when he stabs. Yeah, when they blocked this scene, they didn't block it correctly. Right. Because it, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. One in one in one shot, the brother is upright, and then the very next shot, he's on his back for some unknown reason. We have no clue how he got there. But he jabs him with this sword, and then it's very okay. It's very poorly done. It's like he, I think, the dude watched Kill Bill. Yes, I was just about to say it. It was like like the blood spurts like it does in Kill Bill. But it's just constantly spraying him on his face for a good 45 seconds of the movie. At least. And he's screaming the whole time going, ah, because he's like this victory yell. Now, blood in movies, they typically make it with with corn syrup and red dye. Right. That's how you make realistic looking blood. This stuff was clearly made with watered down ketchup. No, that just looked like it was just straight up Kool-Aid. It was some type of runny water, red, red water, water that just, like just straight up red water. I mean, horrible. Just they could, horrible. Well, the corn syrup wasn't in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> so he's covered in blood. Now we're back at Carol, who was fighting off like four ninjas by herself, right? And then one of the ninjas steps back and points at the tent and screams something and 
Scream, yeah, Scream something, which we couldn't yeah, understand. language. So... This other ninja comes out of the tent and he's holding a sword. Well, he draws the sword. Carol squares up like she's going to do something and then does absolutely Absolutely nothing. nothing. She's just gotten through fighting off these four guys and she makes no move to to do anything to this new ninja. And this new ninja just like slashes across the side and she flails and she's cut and she's on the ground. So so she's, she's going down. Um... Let's see, Doug sees her fall, runs over there. Carol says, it's too late for me. And the best part of this scene is Doug is holding Carol, right? And she's like literally like spitting blood into his face every time she coughs or every time she talks or anything. Like blood is coming out of her mouth and hitting him in the face, which is so disgusting. But the ninjas who have just up to this point been getting their asses kicked are all standing around sadly, patting each other on the back like they're really sad that this woman is dying. Yes. And they're like, one of them puts his hand over, like in front of his face, and he's just like shaking his head like he's just so distraught. (laughs) And they're like patting each other on the back and like rubbing each other. It is okay. Doug says that he loves her. She says, you're better than them, and it's not because of your powers. It never has been. You've got a good heart. And she's still spitting blood in his face this whole time. She tells him he's going to win. You just have to have a little faith. And then she dies. And he freaks out. Um, he holds her close. The ninjas are hugging each other sadly. He kisses her bloody face, like, on the mouth. And she's got, it's just, it's like, really disgusting. So Doug stands up, looks at the ninjas, and says... I believe in a higher power, but praying right now will never save. And then he stops. And the ninjas are all standing there waiting for him to finish his sentence for like way too long. One of them, I'm like not making this up. I caught it the second time I watched it through. One of them checks his watch to see how long they have been standing there waiting for him to finish his sentence. He then he says, then he finishes your lives and then like jumps at them turns into the velociraptor and starts fighting the ninjas this is the best look that we've gotten at the dinosaur suit all movie because the la- up until now we've just seen like little flashes of this terrible paper mache um t-rex looking thing so now we get to see the full velociraptor suit how would you describe this thing <laughs> why well, okay it, you know how you see You'll see them on TikTok and different videos where people will like go put these blow up costumes on and like a T Rex costume and go running up to their kids when they get off the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that, but they painted it to look like a T Rex and put bigger teeth in it. Yeah. You can see the openings of the suit yeah, where in, he in got into it. Yeah. yeah. Like where it's coming undone. There's a part where he's fighting off the ninjas where he very clearly trips and falls and they have to cut to a different shot so that now he's upright again because he can't he can't stand up in the suit by himself because right. it's just so awkward. So he's like flailing at these ninjas and the ninjas are doing these little flips in front of him as though he has touched them and knocked them down. It's really fucking hilarious. You've got to watch biting this. Them, biting their arms <laughs> off, hitting them with his tail, knocking them over, blood splattering on the tents. It's just, <laughs> it's so bad. And then the older Asian man from earlier. After he defeats all the other ninjas. After he defeats all the other ninjas, the older Asian man comes out. He's got a bow and arrow, which he shoots at the Velociraptor and hits him in the leg. Well, then we get this weird cut where it looks like 
it looks like maybe they didn't know how to cut the movie. They were trying to make it look like he went from being a velociraptor to a man, like, immediately. But it's like the film strips didn't line up. Well, it's like, no, to me, it looked like it was kind of flashing. And it was almost, like, that was the transformation. You saw the transformation, but it was kind of, like, flashing real fast. And older people would understand this. Younger people would not. But it had this thing going across the screen where it looked like, if you remember back in the day having rabbit ears on your TV yes. to try to get a um, signal yeah. and it was cutting in and out, or you'd flip to the, or you actually had to turn the dial on your TV to get, get it to that channel that you didn't have. Yeah. And it was all distorted. Kind of, kind of just, yeah, distorted. That's, That's the what word. it looked like. That's exactly what it looked like. And it flashed back and forth between the Velociraptor and the man a couple of times with that distortion over it. Right. And then you see him standing, sitting there on his knees finally with this arrow. Glued. I'm, I'm sorry, he wasn't glued to his leg. Through his leg. <laughs> so the Asian man, like, he looks at everything that's going on. He tells Doug they have an anti-venom to stop the dragon warrior from changing into the dinosaur. Um, he said, you are the last dragon warrior. We don't have to worry about you guys anymore. He says, do you have any last words? No. Do you have any last word? Word. Word. you have a last, any last word? Do you have any last word? Velocipastor. He actually calls him Velocipastor. Right. And Doug says, only six. And he looks up at him and goes, I think my hand is immune. <laughs> and then he changes, his hands change into the Velociraptor. And when he reaches up, you can see how the costume is like tucked into his sleeve and his <laughs> sleeve is tightened down so it wouldn't fall off. <laughs> so he grabs... The Asian guy by the neck. Now, before you get into this part, you okay. got to realize this Asian man that they use is very <clears throat> old, it, it, it Asian-looking guy with bald. He was bald with the big bushy eyebrows. Not not weirdly. Not he didn't look like the guy from Kill Bill with the, with the over exaggerated. Right. Like he wasn't over exaggerated. He was just. You know, if if this was a guy you were going to cast to be your ninja leader, this, he, he fit the part. He fit the part. So, Doug grabs him by the head and then rips his head off. Well, in that next scene, you can tell that the head is a terrible mannequin that's got gore attached to it and, like, like bloody stumps and shit coming off of it That when he pulled it out of the body. And he holds it up. <laughs> and the body is just squirting blood Kill Bill style. It's getting all over Doug. Okay? And he holds it up and he does that, yeah, thing for like... Way too long again. Way too long. 30 to 45 seconds. I'm not exaggerating this. It is way too long. And then he turns the head around so that you can see the face and it's a terrible, terrible mannequin with these caterpillar bushy eyebrows. Caterpillar bushy eyebrows <laughs> glued to it. It's just, it's, almost, it's the most offensive. The eyes are painted. I mean, it's it's just it's so bad. And then they do, in the middle of the scream, they do a freeze frame. And then they have a quote from Gandhi that says something about, um, if you want world peace, you're going to have to end all war. Something, you have something to like. uh, destroy all... Um, danger or all evil or all something yeah anyway it's a quote from gandhi about world peace and you think okay 
the movie's over. No. It kicks back on again as soon as the quote comes down off the screen and Doug is still screaming. And he screams for another 10 seconds. And then he stops and he drops the head. And he stands there for a second. Way too long again. And then he goes, Oh, Carol! And then goes over to Carol. (laughs) Who's been laying here this entire time, the poor thing. And so now we're at a hospital. The doctor walks in to the to the waiting room where Doug is in, and and the the doctor goes, "We did it." Now, very old school looking doctor again. This is a young guy, but he's wearing a doctor costume, like like a stereotypical doctor costume, with like the headband with the little reflector thing on the right on the front. <laughs> now, when he sits down to talk to Doug, the little reflector band falls down over his eyes, and he has to like fix it. In the middle of the shot. <laughs> right, he has to keep pushing it up. <laughs> so then he tells them that Carol's um, Carol's wounds are healing a lot faster than they than we expected them to. In fact, I think she's ready to see you now. And as he's talking, he reaches over to a to a used dirty ashtray and gets a used cigarette out of it, and lights it up, and he's sitting there smoking this used cigarette in the waiting room of this hospital. <laughs> Now, this doctor. is the doctor. Doing this is this. the doctor doing this. So, um, he, he says that Doug can go see her if he wants to. So, Doug goes to see her. Carol is sitting on an exam table with a BP cuff on. Doug asked if she go if she's okay. She says, I'm fine. She pulls him in a little closer. And he goes, You're fine? And she says, I'm fine. And then across the screen in, in big block huge letters, letters, it says, She's, she's fine. fine. <laughs> dumbest thing <laughs> and, and then and she she's in different clothes than what she wore to fight the ninjas she's like in completely different clothes so i don't understand that choice either so so now we are at doug's car it's the end of the movie she says you know the church is not going to stop with uh we chang's death and he says well china europe it's all over the world i guess i know what i have to do And she goes, there's a billion dollar bounty on your head, Doug Jones. What will you do next? And he goes, what I'll do best. And then he kisses her. And then it it finishes on a shot of the Chevelle that he drives. And then then the camera pans off into the distance. And and that's... that's (laughs) So they very excitingly left it open for a Velociraptor 2. Which I think there is a Velocipaster 2. I'm going to have to look it up. I really think there is one. But we're very happy they left it open for a second, for a sequel. It's going to be a more uh, <clears throat> must-see TV, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no, they're raising funds for the Velocipaster, too. They have a Kickstarter going. Oh, we may we have ha- to donate oh, to that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we are going to donate to that 100%. We will... Absolutely, positively, we will be donating to that. The dinosaur priest from your favorite meme is back, and he's going to Italy. That's the tag! Oh, we got to download. Oh, oh, holy crap. They've got a budget of $118,000 on this thing. 1,500 backers pledged. Oh, my gosh. They, this, is, this is twice the budget of the first movie. Oh, man. 
They're going to go all out for this one, then. We might actually get them to go to Italy instead of whatever random forest they were in in this guy's backyard. <laughs> they ought to do it in the same exact one. <laughs> and him go, Italy. It's even more east. <laughs> oh my god. This is <laughs> Honestly, I had so much fun watching this movie. I watched it when I was at work one night because it was just kind of slow. And there was one point where I, I had a customer who walked up to me while I was in the middle of watching this movie. And I was cracking up so hard I had to go in the back and compose myself before I could talk to her again. <laughs> I laughed so much. And this is not... Okay, I watched Army of Darkness for the first time last week. Right. That is a B movie and a half, man. That is a B movie. And they had so much fun making it. And you could tell. Just the the delight that they had making that movie just oozed off of it. Bruce Campbell was having such a great time. Everybody that was in it was having a great time. It was cheesy. It was campy. It was great. Velocipaster, they were taking it very, very seriously, which yes. made it a much funnier movie. Yeah, it's like they were trying to make a serious Velocipaster ninja killing movie. And I mean, there were some parts you could tell they were not trying to take it seriously because, like, in some of those laughing scenes. Yeah, yeah. When he was when the ones that went on way too long, they were probably doing that to be funny, to be silly. But <laughs> please go watch this movie. Please. Please go watch this movie. This is the best. You can watch it on Amazon Prime for free. It's got commercials, but but it's for free. But holy crap, it's the best movie ever. Now, <coughs> excuse me, this was um, written and directed and edited by Brendan Steer, um, who may be uh, my new favorite director. <laughs> and what we're going to do on these movies is, uh, you know, maybe I won't go as, as much into depth as I did, but it just had so many good parts. I just didn't want to leave them out. They were so good. Um but uh, we're going to do some more um, like overview type stuff. But I want to add in like trivia and things that I found out about the movie. And I want to, as we go on this journey of reviewing these bad movies, want to see where these actors keep popping up. Because right. if you're a B-movie actor, you tend to pop, pop up, up in, in the more B-movie. Yeah. So I want to look for Greg Cohen and see what other movies he's been in. Well, why don't you just look him up and then see what all he's been in, and, that, and that's going to be the stuff that we can go and watch. Because if not, I know which one I want to watch next. No, you've already said which one we're watching next. We can go go look for Greg Cohen movies later, but tell them what you want to watch next. I want to watch Llamageddon. Llamageddon. Oh, my freaking God. Yes. Definitely want to watch Llamageddon. <clears throat> Greg Cohen. Greg, Co okay, so his IMDb page. Come on, okay, here we go. What is he known for? He has. Wait, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, right there. The Velocipaster, Weather Smoke, and a Little Water. So let's see. He has not been. He's he's not been in much. Yeah. He's done some voice acting. It looks like. 
He's been on TV, kind of as just like random people on TV shows. Um, oh, well, he was on the blacklist. He was a SWAT guy on the blacklist. Speaking of, like, this is going to be completely take us off this movie and put us on a different one. But I didn't know that until today, like, uh, in Avengers Civil War, okay, uh, when they're chasing down the guy, the uh, crossbones, uh-huh. and then they split up and Falcon and Natasha are like going after these people in like we're all like this market area, right? One of the guys that she's about to fight uh, is the one that said that had the the vial. Mm-hmm. That black guy there, he almost had a much huger part in the Avengers. Really, in the very first. Uh, post-credit scene that showed Thanos. Uh-huh. He was the one that played Thanos. Oh, wow. So he was almost Thanos. He almost did the acting for Thanos. Oh, that would suck. That would that would suck to be that close to playing such an iconic character. But he For was, reals. But, he, but when you know, like, he was like rural purple before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was him. I didn't know that until oh, the day. Oh, wow. It's one of those TikTok taught me. Yeah. TikTok taught me a lot of things. TikTok taught me about the Velocipaster. TikTok is the reason that we are reviewing this movie. I am loving TikTok right now, though. <laughs> the new trend that's the on? The new trend on TikTok. I am all for it. Tell them what the new trend is. It's women finding interesting ways to flash boobies. <laughs> Sometimes you'll just see a, a boob from right... But coming out from behind a door, and then it pulls back real fast, and then the girl come out wearing her clothes. One side they like run across the screen with them flopping everywhere. Sometimes you'll like, like I saw one today. You could see it was just a reflection in the the bumper of a truck. And of course, the one of the first comments was "Clean the bumper, do it again." <laughs> <laughs> but there's they just coming up with different ways of doing it, and it's. Good stuff. Admit, I'm liking Good TikTok stuff. right Good now. Stuff. Thank you, TikTok. <laughs> oh. I'm getting to see lots of boobies. <laughs> oh, we, we've spent over an hour talking about this silly, silly-ass movie. And I didn't even get any trivia or anything in there. We're gonna ha- I'm going to have to do better on the next one. It's going to be less synopsis, and it's going to be more about, bam, just, bam, bam, this is what happens. talking about the movie. Talking about the movie, giving a quick little overview of what we got. And then we'll talk about trivia and we'll talk about silly stuff and the fact that you need to watch this movie. Yes. That's what we'll do in the future. Uh, so thank you for sticking with us this long. If you did. Oh <laughs> if my you God. did this long. Holy crap. <laughs> but you got to understand, I'm just learning how to do this. This is the first one of these movie reviews I've ever done. And you know, I always take the long way around. At least the first time. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you for sticking with us this long. We had fun. I hope you did, too. Come back and see us next week. 